leaving that precinct really, um, you know, no pun intended, sort of triggered that whole thing, that whole uh, set of events. I mean, was it, did the, the officers there kind of decide to leave? Because I, I would get that completely. I mean, I, I was looking at thinking, would, would I stay there? Yeah, well, you know, it was a command decision from, you know, uh, and these things happen. I want to preface this by saying, you know, often there's dynamic situations. Sure. Things are happening in the middle. You're in charge and you're making decisions. And somebody, you know, I think people question, why weren't they talking to you about it if you're the chief? And I said, I would have preferred that happen, to be honest with right. you. But also, there's lots of things that happen in the field that are happening right then. Mechanical Freak, we're broadcasting live from an overgrown outpost on the outskirts of Lower Queen Anne in overcast Seattle, Washington, that city of the future on the bleeding edge of neoliberal dystopia today, <laughs> where we're watching fen creatures unfurl a giant banner from the top of the Space Needle, revealing the round, smiling face of their leader waving in the breeze above the lush green below in an act of defiant assertion that this is finally Mossback's Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're back. It's Mechanical Freak. Um, I think you just heard what Daniel Radcliffe's, the scoop Daniel Radcliffe's brother got <laughs> about one of the commanders, Psych Mullen, maybe. Uh, uh, Carmen Best, we demand to know what happened to the East Precinct. Expelliarmus! <laughs> exactly, yeah. Munya, welcome back from New York City. Our New York lad is here on the boat with us once Let's again. Go. How are Let's you? Go. I'm feeling good. How's it been? It's been great, man. It's been it's been his whole journey, you know. Um, fighting landlords left and right, and I, you know, muscled my way into a great place. And you know, I just returned to Seattle this morning. So uh, welcome back. Okay, feels so great. NYC Lightning Round favorite subway stop. Go. <laughs> well, I gotta say, it's Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> favorite Jay Z. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Can I like come back mm. to that? Okay, um, bodega order. Okay. <laughs> bodega order, five bananas. <laughs> okay. This is, the, this, is, this is for everything. NYPD, fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> de Blasio's in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, welcome back, Munya. Um, Great to be here, guys. It's good to have you back on the boat with us. Yeah, especially after flying all the way here today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Podcasts are excellent. Yeah, that yet. is podcast. It actually is. incredible dedication. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they let you move into Brooklyn. They, you had to prove your podcast. <laughs> that was a part of my were, lease, yeah. actually. It's, um, I had to demonstrate podcaster excellence. Did you Did you uh, put a reel together? Yeah, yeah, yeah right, a supercut. I had a supercut, and they had to evaluate that. Yeah, that, like under where you put your occupation. When you best yeah. take. Podcast you belong to. You, know, you got to put those in there, too. Oh, man. Podcast is one of the autofills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. God. Okay. It's like DJ and podcaster are like the two autofills and then like other and then you have to just specify. Oh, there's, yeah. there's, there's no location for teacher. Like you can't you can't get it out no. of the autofill yeah, bin. Like. Yeah, exactly. You have to manually type that in. Hell yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, we are really we are glad to have you back with us, um, even if for a short time. But, uh, you know, we we expect uh, regular reports uh, via the Internet from uh, New York City. 
Yeah. So as you, it's crazy that you were willing to move to New York to be our Yang Gang correspondent for this. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I mean, so. like, really, we are missing out on a lot of content on me being here and not in New York. Like, yeah. my man is missing layups already because like someone yelled "Free Palestine" at him and he like missed an easy layup. <laughs> He's like, can He's not ready for the uh, street traffic in New York for people like yelling things. No, at no. And yet he's probably going to be the mayor. Yeah, I mean, like, I think, yeah. That's what makes him more qualified to be mayor than anything, is that he will learn to hate the people who live there. Yeah. Yeah. Also hate them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is a perfect uh, position to be in, because you can just sort of uh, rely on the cops. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Wow, disgusting. Um, Well, speaking of cops, Greg. uh, Okay. I heard you uh, got something from London. Uh, We heard a little bit already. Yeah, so I I know we talked about... Oh, wow, the Metropole. uh, (laughs) uh, Carmen Best and East Precinct and all that shit like two weeks ago. Um, But you know what? Our wish, I guess, has come true. Uh, As you heard, uh, Carmen Best went on some ex-cop slash researcher, maybe academic or something in Britain, uh, went on a, a friendly interview on a podcast. And I don't know, part of her grand PR plan or just got lazy in a friendly setting where she was where she was commiserating with some, you know, another pig um, and decided to just spill all the beans on. Uh, what happened at the East Precinct, which is, I guess, what they mostly talked about. Um, I have not listened to the whole thing, but, I mean, KOW clipped um, some of the most interesting stuff, and we'll play more. But as you heard in that clip, she's very specifically confirming what we and a lot of people have said all along, which is that it seems pretty clear that on some level or another, the situation was totally out of control. And that the police were acting on their own and out of the control of City Hall and out of the control even of Carmen Best, which is something, you know, we've wondered about all along. Like, that's been our question is, like, to what degree uh, were on what level were the cops acting on their own and just like decided to leave the East Precinct? Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of interesting to hear her say that basically things happen. Yeah, things happen. Uh, it Shit's was, crazy, man. Is a volatile situation. Is very dynamic. People had to make choices. Yeah, they only had an hour. They only had an hour to order moving <laughs> trucks twenty four hours in advance to yeah. show up. I mean, you know, we can get to that in a second. But uh, you know, all along the show's position has been that uh, it was highly likely that the police just did this and then Carmen Bass and Durkin were kind of like covering for it after the fact yeah. uh, and that I, I think we were 100% sure Durkin had no idea <laughs> until it happened yeah. and uh, it's nice to see that um, Seattle PD uh, even under a consent decree literally answers to nobody including the police chief just does whatever it wants whenever it wants <laughs> at any moment uh, really fucking amazing and, and, an astonishing admission that I'm sure we'll really hear nothing about in the city. Like, I, I bet you this dies within a day. Well, two. listen, we already know we already know that, like, these questions could have been asked. And only, oh, yeah. the, only the most softball bullshit was ever asked of these people, and when they gave their astonishingly bald lies and contradictory statements uh, that never made any sense, and in fact really, even on their own, incriminate everybody involved... Uh, it was never pushed on by anybody, really. 
Um, so, well, interestingly, I mean, to get back to the the moving trucks, I mean, look, yeah, I'll forgive this, uh, you know, fucking Harry Potter or whatever doing this interview. He doesn't know anything that's going on in Seattle. But well, they're uh, called lorries there, so he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was too busy trying to, you know, figure out the difference between yeah lorries and lifts and whatnot. But uh, you know. The moving trucks thing, which we brought up every time we brought this up, because I think we're the only people who seem to think that this is an interesting detail that SPD literally had fucking moving trucks, something that you can't just get that like in an hour. (laughs) That that means it's not (laughs) spontaneous. Like you don't have to be a fucking rocket scientist. Well, it just it speaks to how awful the reporting is in this. Well, just how completely disingenuous on every level. But I think what I wanted to, you know, when we talked about it a couple weeks ago, um, it was kind of off the cuff and loose, and I want to like just quickly go through what we knew and what we know that is different now. And it's funny after like we talked about this two weeks ago, I think I sort of was thinking about this, and uh, I think I have a, a just like a new way of thinking about like how to pick apart the particular lies. Um, so okay, we know that uh, SPD was like holding this insane line to prevent a march from going past the East Precinct. That's how this started. A march came up from downtown to go past the East Precinct. The cops stopped them there. As hundreds of marches have in the past, by the yes. way. But yeah. And SPD stopped them there. And I think, in a way, it always felt very arbitrary, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, it's like, oh, this is where they are. They're lazy. They're going to stop it right here because... This is where their police station is. Yeah, I get it. They want to be close to a bathroom. I right, get exactly. Yeah. But <laughs> I think it's relatable. Um, <laughs> a, a, we know after the precinct was evacuated, they said all this bullshit about, um, you know, there being credible threats against the precinct. I think we know, you know, they had seen the precinct burn down in Minneapolis. I think in their minds, what they were doing what they think they were doing. And that's key to understanding all this, even from this point, not necessarily just as a justification or at like some point later when they decided to abandon the precinct. I think the way to think about this is in their minds, whether on whatever level they really believed it or they thought it because it's fun, because this is, they were hard on for it. Like they thought what they were doing was defending the precinct. Hey, we can't let this march go by because things could be thrown at the precinct. <laughs> and this is our little castle. We have to defend it. So they put up, they held lines. They used different kinds of barricades. Eventually, a fence, they started like, they hired some company to drill into the street and put a chain link fence across Pine, which hilariously went down very quickly. Our take on that was that is the city telling them, you can't do this. This is insane. But what we don't have at the time from the city, from Durkin, is directly saying, I don't want the police to be doing this. I don't I think saying she was saying vague things like everybody has a right to First Amendment uh, protest. Everybody, you know, we uh, people who are peaceful, but they were all. But of course, she was also saying things like all these anarchist white men are coming and, uh, (laughs) you know, disrupting what all the the regular good people who are protesting. Um, basically in public, Jenny Durkin was backing the police while hedging, but there's always been evidence that behind the scenes, the city was, uh, not thrilled with the fact that the police were 
occupying this neighborhood, enforcing this absurd, arbitrary, like, blockage in public right away, and, of course, gassing the neighborhood. Uh, so then we have, after the precincts of Banyan, the, the, the internal SPD rumor email emerges where some SPD commander is telling uh, the rank and file, we will absolutely not abandon the East Precinct. We will defend it. And he's not saying like, guy, he's saying I'm hearing these rumors like we're going to abandon the East Precinct. And he's not, it's not worded like we read it, bits of it uh, two weeks ago. It's not worded like, oh, uh, come on, you knucklehead idiots. Like, stop spreading these dumb rumors about us. He's saying as if we're being asked to or as if the situation is forcing us to, we're going to hold strong. We're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like there's something that's pushing us, whether it's the protesters themselves or some outside political force, whatever. Something is pushing us to abandon the precinct. No, we're going to hold the Alamo, okay? <laughs> Worked the first time. Uh-huh. And, of course, within two days, they do abandon the precinct. Now, after that, um, uh, the statement from Jenny Durkin says... You know, she did not order SPD to leave the precinct. That was up to incident commanders on the ground. And in that same statement says, in an effort to proactively de-escalate interactions between protesters and law enforcement outside the East Precinct, Chief Best and Seattle Police Department have removed barricades surrounding East Precinct while safely securing the facility. So that's Jenny saying, we did say, we did order. I, the city, did order, along with Carmen Best, SPD to de-escalate, to remove the barricades and back up to their building and secure it and let implicitly to let the march go by, but did not order them to leave the building. That was commanders on the ground. And that is now for the first time in this uh, British uh, Harry Potter interview mm -hmm. being confirmed by Carmen Best. Commanders on the ground did it. But then Best comes out and says, leaving the East Precinct was not her idea. She was against it, adding that the city relented to severe public pressure. Uh, she says to cops, this is in the leaked email she sends to cops. Uh, the city relented to severe public pressure. I want to update you all on the situation in the East Precinct. The decision was to board up the precinct, our precinct, our home, the first precinct I worked in. Uh, was something that I'd been holding off. You know, you should know leaving the precinct was not my decision. You fought for days to protect it. I asked you to stand on that line day in and day out to be pelted with projectiles, to be screamed at, threatened in some cases, and in some cases hurt. In some cases hurt, yeah. The, the, that cop who... Uh, Twisted their ankle, stepping down from the sidewalk. Yeah, beating, <laughs> up, beating someone. Fucking, uh, um, injury, the whole thing. Uh, and then to have to change course nearly two weeks in, it seems like an insult to you and our community, the community of pigs, um, the, the, the pen, the pig pen, if you will. Um, OK, so and then she says that publicly. She comes in and says, this wasn't my idea. It's an insult. And she maintains that line for a week. And then, as we've covered many times later, she comes out and says, it wasn't my idea. I was against it. But ultimately, we determined it was what we had to do for officer safety. This is mm. in, like, uh, one of the TV news interviews, like, on yeah, the yeah. street. Uh, we talked about it at the time. So there's something, there's a real, like, there's a real conflict here. Uh, someone from in SPD is saying they're being asked to uh, 
leave the precinct by the suggesting they're being asked to leave the precinct by the city. Carmen Best directly saying we're being we were asked to leave the precinct by the city. Then coming out and contradicting herself like almost accidentally. Only said it, she said the other thing ten times. So almost <laughs> accidentally says, "Well, we determined it was for officer safety." And the city, Durkin saying, well, we asked them to remove the barricades, uh, but we did not order them to leave the precinct that was commanders on the ground. Okay, those are two completely different things that no journalist really in this town has really thorough. They could have been asking about this over and over again. Not just that, but of course also the how does your leaving for officer safety make any sense? Like if you thought there was a threat that the building was going to be firebombed uh you know burning down a why whole urban them? neighborhood why would you leave how does that make sense but that's another story for now because i this has bothered me the whole time and i think i understand it now and this new thing from best is a piece of it i think i i get the whole thing now um the city durkin they were i think and this makes perfect sense uh, they were sh probably shocked and disturbed at what SPD was doing behind the scenes. Now, how much do they really care? Do they ultimately are used to deferring to the cops? I'm not trying to let Jenny off the hook here, but let, let me run through it. I think they were they were baffled probably by SPD throwing up this insane arbitrary line and holding a march from going by and we're probably ordering them to fuck off the whole time. They were gassing the city. They were gassing... Uh, council members. Now, this isn't to paint any fucking profile and courage for fucking Jenny Durkin or anyone else at the mm. city who publicly backed the cops while hedging. Like, yeah. What it shows is that there was conflict in the city leadership yes. about how to best, uh, how to lead with the best foot forward with the police to help guide the police through this difficult time. <laughs> and uh, but ultimately, there is a fundamental lack of control when it comes right. to the city leadership and, that, and but, the police department. But here's where <laughs> here's where these lies begin like to make sense. I think th this is like it's so it's so dumb like you have to like delve you have to make yourself stupid like a cop to understand this <laughs> but like when the SPD commander email is saying you know don't believe what you're hearing we're not going to abandon the precinct when Carmen Best says this wasn't my idea the city caved to pressure what the fuck are they talking about and it's this it may, it's like it's so simple like the city was asking them to stop barricading the street to let the march go by and just calm the fuck down stop gassing the neighborhood yeah, the what the cops are saying about being ordered by the city to abandon the East Precinct is that those are the same thing. That's yeah. how fucking mm -hmm. insane these people yeah, yeah. are, is that they were being ordered by the city to let a march go by. And what they were saying back was, you want us to abandon the East Precinct? Yeah. No, you fucking psychos. Just get out of the way. Mm -hmm. Fucking stand up on your roof. Go inside the building. Go inside the building. Stand around the building. Point. You fucking get up on the roof like you have been and point fucking high power rifles at the marchers as they at, go past. As they've traditionally done at protests of these. Just do that. Yeah. And they were saying and they kept. I think the city was ordering them for a week. Probably stop gassing the neighborhood. Stop. Stop blocking the street. Get the barricades out. What the fuck are you doing? Fencing off a public street. And they were saying 
you're telling us to abandon our precinct mm -hmm. that that is that's the conflict mm -hmm. here that this is the point where to them what they were insisting internally probably yes through mike solon like pushing this line the line that was going around in spd during this time was being letting the march go by was the same thing as the precinct being firebombed and them all be roasting alive in it mm -hmm. because they're fucking insane so yeah. what happens is eventually the city gets its way in a way because they keep and they finally at some point get Carmen Best to order them to pull back the barricade and so what she says in the interview is yeah well you know we ordered the, the barricades down and then yeah gosh things happen I mean you know, boy, uh, I didn't hear about it for two hours, but, you know, after I said, no, we're not abandoning the East Precinct, it happened anyway. Whoopsie doodle. So. Well, and again, I mean, we're back to the the moving trucks and the idea this wasn't a decision made within two hours. But I think that the picture is clear, which is this after nine years now of being under a federal consent decree. Yeah. Nobody has any control over SPD. That's the thing. Including the fucking chief of police. That, well, SPD just does what it wants. The city literally cannot control whether or not SPD, uh, like, stays in their building or not. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, SPD literally just does whatever it wants. And if that happens to be in line with what the mayor wants or whatever, that is purely coincidental. Yeah. Or, know? look, we know this is what especially these Democratic politicians do. They They defer to the police. They're, the yeah. whole apparatus is about deferring to the police as experts uh, in public safety, right? So it's like, <laughs> ultimately, we don't know to what degree. Uh, well, in this case, it's like we've wondered, like, what to what degree did the city ultimately defer and go like, well, I, I guess if that's what you're telling us, we ha what we have to do is. I think we now know that in this case, they didn't. They never did. That even Carmen Best was ordering them to stay in. And here she is admitting that you can't order these fucking people to do anything. Yeah. It's astonishing. Yeah. yeah. And no one will fucking pay for it. Carmen Best won't for being, for just being a lying, absolutely duplicitous. I mean, this is why they were fucking deleting their fucking texts, right? No, I mean, they deleted the text because it would show the SPD is completely out of, out of control. It runs on its own motor. And I, and again, I think the, the main focus is this is not just any old average police department in America. This is supposedly the one that has undergone more reforms than any other police department in America. It's the most progressive police department. This, the most, yeah, most progressive police department in America. It's the one that gets cited on national news. It's yep. like, oh, they've, you know, they've, they've done it. They've, you know, it's, it's been under a consent decree for a decade. Like I said, I mean, all of that, all of that. And there's still zero control over anything they do. Yeah. You know, in any way they act and all that stuff. And what that says to me is not fucking reformable. No, yeah. absolutely not. You know, it is now I think Seattle is the proven fucking case. If there's still a horse trying to cross the finish line here, this is the proof right here is not a reformable institution. No. So credit where credit is due to all the people who've been right on this, which there are people out there. I mean, as soon as mm -hmm. the, the rumor email came out, I think it was. Uh, Goldie on Twitter who summed it up best was like oh this is just an insane rumor mill that went around uh, uh, within like the rank and file probably spurred on by the union that they were leaving I think he, what he got wrong there and what is now we, we can understand with more nuance is it wasn't like a 
whoopsie doodle rumor mill. Like mm, yeah. people thought the like, oh, I guess we were ordered to do this. No, it was a clear in clear defiance. Like everyone yeah. understood we're being ordered by the city to lose the barricades. And they just defiantly said, well, that means we're leaving the precinct. And then when they were told, no, you're not leaving the precinct, they were like, well, we're cops. We're experts in public safety, and our personal yeah. safety is that we have to come home. That's Plus, we already ordered the trucks. And we've been planning this, and we've decided this is really cool and badass. And if we're really lucky, the neighborhood will burn down, and we'll get to uh, go in with yeah. live fire. Um, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this is what yeah. we've said all along. The cops were completely out of control and unreformable. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you can see the interest on the mayor's part and stuff on not uh, actually revealing well, it's just, it's any ca- of this. It's fucking cowardly. Uh, any of the communications. But I think the other thing, too, that's worth saying, uh, look, while we give credit to people, we'll give absolutely zero credit to any fucking reporter in this fucking shitty town, any fucking news station, any fucking newspaper. Because even though this has been fucking plainly obvious from the beginning, not one of them has fucking reported on this. Not one of them has brought up the obvious fucking facts of what happened that were obvious from day fucking one and it's uh astonishing act any, of total and complete fucking cowardice not in a way that part. pieces it together for yeah. people not in a way you know they yep. reported the little facts that have come out and clearly they were all they all wanted to report on they are we're all looking for a smoking gun in the yeah. texts right that's why were they they um uh uh freedom of information requested all the fucking uh, communications of Best and and uh, Durkin, they wanted to know what was going on. They wanted a smoking gun of responsibility they could question on because that's all they know how to do. Rather than just piece this shit together and tell the story. Yeah. And you mean actual reporting? Yeah, um, but also like asking the just asking the actual questions that we would want to hear asked. I mean, sh- should say that like uh, the stranger and particularly. Natalie Graham's reporting on the police all over the last year has been pretty good. As my memory is that it's pretty good on this uh, instance too, but perhaps that's why someone like Natalie Graham doesn't get opportunities to ask, uh, you know, the real questions that we would want to hear asked of someone like Carmen Best, Uh, you know, go figure. There's some more stuff to this interview here. That's interesting. I'll just play this clip where um, Best talks about, uh, her her theory about what the uh, insane freaks pigs inside SPD thought would happen when they uh, left the precinct. But I think the idea was that the next day everybody would be, you know, the demonstration would happen. These things usually lasted till two or three or later in the morning. And then once the crowd dissipated, uh, we would start moving equipment and people back into the precinct. But it didn't. That's not what happened, right? right? They took the bar- They started barricading the same areas that we had barricades. Now had barricades from from others. So yeah, I mean, you know, we leave for a day. The march would go by. We'll all come back or whatever. I mean, I think the protesters had it right. One, it's hilarious that they didn't think the protesters would just move the barricades up the street. <laughs> but the other part of it is. You know, the protesters had it right the day that it happened, which is actually what the police are doing is staging for a sort of violent retaking of the precinct. And 
I think that was like one of the few situations where cooler heads prevailed. And, and I even remember this at the time. Some of the police were complaining that because protesters had barricaded all the streets, they wouldn't be able to get their like armored tanks down the street, which is one of the funniest awesome. things on the fucking planet. <laughs> like, like even the bike cops were having a hard time getting through the barricades, so they couldn't do it, you know. But so, well, like, I mean, who fucking knows what they would have done had they not put up barricades on the street? Split. Which, by the way, goes back to the point of everybody at the chop saying that the barricades were for their safety and uh kind of proving the point actually yeah yeah (laughs) straight up so well i mean also it's like you you missed that chance motherfucker like that march was just gonna go by on whatever it was fucking uh you know well as it has 30th 50 times before right like they were just gonna walk on by yeah they might have thrown some water bottles at your precious concrete building (laughs) mm-hmm but you fucking acted like children. Now that now we're trying to talk rationally about this. Yeah, I think it's that's bullshit. I think I think Carmen Best's analysis there is bullshit. I think that's just a lie. Well, let's play the clip of what Carmen Best uh, thought would happen in the autonomous zone, or what she saw happening in the autonomous zone that so disgusted her. But you know, the city, the political will was not there to do anything. You know, the parks department is talking to people and they're digging up the park and putting a vegetable garden in there. Seattle Public Utilities is bringing in porta potties for these folks. And I think the mayor was quoted as saying the summer of love. And and there was no one that I could really turn to and say, does anybody see how bad this is and how this is going to be a problem? But it it wasn't there. (laughs) Does no one see the gardening? (laughs) Does no one see... A vegetable the carrots garden. and the onions. <laughs> a vegetable garden. Fucking monsters. What a fucking disgusting human being. A summer of love. Fucking yeah. disgusting. Fucking evil piece of shit. And literally a fucking Simpsons joke. It's literally the could you imagine a world without lawyers? Yeah. Joke. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. Oh, God. It makes my stomach turn. <laughs> I mean, I think that there's a possibility, though it doesn't change the reading, that Carmen Best did know that they were going to abandon the precinct and is just trying to throw these people under the bus because this is mm-hmm. what people do in this city. Oh, totally. 100%. So, and as you've already mentioned, she does not really tell anything resembling the truth. So yeah. she can paint this as being a failure of her subordinates, essentially, and then even try to give them an out while it being totally possible that she knew they were going to do that. Well, I think, well, I think it's clear she knew it was happening. It was happening for a whole day, like this. Oh, one hour. I think she, again, everything she has said when she said, well, it wasn't my idea. I was against it. She's talking. It's like, she's talking about removing the barricade, uh, removing the barricades. When she says we had to do it for officer safety, she means, uh, fucking leaving the precinct well, and she's conflating the two things and she's doing that same shit here where she's just talking she's doing this PR speak out of both sides of her mouth where it's like yeah she's saying yeah at one point I gave a stern order not to do that knowing full well that it was well out of my hands I'd been having these conversations for days and uh, I'd been overruled by the men with guns who I can't tell what to do well and I could have wanted to do that and politically known that that's not what I can say publicly yeah what I think, well, yeah I guess we don't know that well the other interpretation too right from what Colin was saying is that you could have a situation where, which would make sense for the email from her that leaked, where she knew they were planning to evacuate the precinct. Yeah. And at the last second, maybe you could see it a lot of different ways. Maybe the last second she stepped in and said, don't do it, actually. Right. Yeah. And they did it anyways. Right. I mean, the funny part about all, I mean, she's an unreliable narrator. Right. That's the one yeah. thing we know. We right? have no Is idea. That she basically lies all the time. But the 
thing that's interesting about this, which I find hilarious about her, which she can do because she literally never gets a serious interview or as, as there's never been a serious criticism of her in the Seattle media or national media is none of this looks good for her. Right. It's Nothing. like so. So it's like so you're saying that basically the police department you're ostensibly in charge of is totally outside of your control. Yeah, they like did a mutiny more. Yeah, they basically they did a mutiny <laughs> against you. Yeah. And you had no fucking idea even that it was happening until hours into it. Yeah. But that's the most charitable reading she's putting forward about herself. <laughs> she's going like shit happens. Or, so, you know, or the other part of it is it was that, a chaotic situation. Yeah. It's like, how else do you read this? Other, like, that's the most charitable reading right. where she was in on it from the beginning and either at the last minute tried to scuttle it and again was basically told like your opinion doesn't matter yeah. or was you know it was in on it from the beginning it's just lying or, now right? right like or knew about it from the beginning because clearly everyone knew about it from yeah. the beginning and didn't do again whatever forces were arrayed against her to whatever degree she wanted to she did not she's no profile in courage here fucking stopping it because you know like again all these people could have gone public Okay, the mayor could have come out and said, yeah. stood with the people and said, like the fucking council members who went down to the front of that line and were gassed and said, stop doing this. The mayor could have said, I have ordered the police to stand down from their barricade, go back into their building, cut their overtime and let the march go by. Just even just well, coming out and saying, I have ordered this. Yeah, I mean, best like, could have I'm also... Order, like, when the like, we're gassing, very unpopularly gassing the fucking no. thing. Jenny Durkin's political future going fucking up in a puff of CS, okay? <laughs> like, she could have said, that's how that's how strong the system is. Like, this is the end for Jenny Durkin. That week, that was it. No, no future. She'll never have, like, a job in politics again. I mean, that was probably true before that. But, like, she couldn't come out and say, look... I have ordered them to stop this. These people are out of control because what happens then? And these people are too afraid to confront that. And ultimately, they know like they need the system knows it needs the cops more than it needs the cops under control. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, interestingly, best could have had a Chauvin moment. Right. Oh, and at God. the time, thrown a couple of the commanders of the East Precinct under the fucking mm. bus, right? And basically, like, immediately diffused the situation and said, like, look, you know, these commanders went rogue and abandoned the precinct. Right. right? They have been fired immediately. We're investigating the situation. And I am going to bring the police back to the East Precinct. And probably would have successfully fucking, like, retaken the East Precinct and, like, you know, w would have controlled the narrative in a way that would have been very positive And you, you know, could have, you know, everybody would have been talking about what a great reformer she was of Seattle PD but she didn't because in the police brain you can't do that yeah. that would be giving in and you can't ever give in like they were in a war they were in, in a, a war yeah you war can't ever give a foot of territory yes. right you know this, that was the thing like th these protests protests were against the cops yeah and that's and they took it real fucking personally yeah, and I think that that is uh, again. I mean, that, this gets back to the takeaway of it's just not reformable, guys. I mean, that, that's the whole takeaway of this whole situation. The sub takeaway is uh, local media can't be trusted. No. They not only can't do their job, they won't do their job. Uh, you uh, know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that about useless. her having Fucking an opportunity, yeah, yeah, for a, sh a uh, Chauvin moment. Um, you know, she actually that is actually brought up in an interview that dropped uh, today, a full hour long in-depth, sit-down, one-on-one, in front of an audience with one of Seattle's ace reporters, Crowman David Froman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Crosscut. 
This was recorded at Crosscut Fest a few months ago. Whatever the fuck that. Yeah, is. did you I, love that? D- oh, it was, it was like me. this is part of our security track or some like bullshit. Uh, you know, public safety. Or yeah, something. yeah, God, like, worst um, South by Southwest ever. <laughs> yeah, oh my exactly. God, dude. like this is the most blood curdling TED talk I've ever heard. <laughs> um, so, um. <laughs> Yeah, all credit to... It lighted by only Tegan, no Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good it was. All, all, you know, all credit to Crosscut and uh, David Croman, whose articles we sometimes read for, not to savage them even, but for their good reporting and information. Because, you know, like, uh, the fact is, Croman does, is one of the like main people covering he's, the city in this town. It, is, it was key. He's not incompetent. No. Which is not to uh, give him any praise because what he does here, not good. This is the failure of American journalism. This is yeah. the state. This is how fucking bankrupt it is. This guy ostensibly has, you know, some ability to do his job. His politics par- probably aren't even that bad no. uh, for a big city. And he's not liberal, a fucking idiot. And he's not fucking stupid. And uh, so we're going to do something really masochistic and play you a bunch of clips from this hour long fucking nightmare <laughs> and uh, see you in hell. Crosscut Fest, man. That's going to rock. Uh, like, it reminds me of like Ozzy. You remember Ozzy Fest? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Ozzy Fest. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what comes to my mind when I hear Carmen Best, yeah, Fest. bit the head off of a bat. Yeah. There, was this, there was like an equally cursed one that I remember uh, KUW was playing like full clips from, like a fucking TED Talk or whatever. <laughs> and it was in California in a fucking barn. And apparently it was like invite only. Oh, and it was like high, like super, uh, like. It was like TED Talk on fucking cocaine or whatever, <laughs> and everybody that everybody that was speaking was just the worst fucking human being. And I, I just love that there's a racket of this. Basically, yeah. the, what we're saying is there's more than one. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, more right. than one. It's insane. Like it shouldn't exist. This thing that should have less than none has more than one, and that doesn't make sense. Yeah. We should yeah. start doing TED Talks NIAD. Invite only TED Talks on the boat. (laughs) (laughs) We we, we invite all of Seattle's like best cranks that we just find on the street handing out manifestos. (laughs) Okay. So imagine yourself in your home in the pandemic, just wishing you could get out into those civic activities you're used to, like, you know, events at Town Hall Seattle, which I'm going to throw a guess is where like Crosscut fest has maybe happened in the past it's something like that right like um you're a maybe you're a news junkie oh fuck kill me um uh so you know just to put you in the mood i'm gonna you know give you some so first of all i i'm not gonna play it well okay so it starts out with like some insipid music from an like uh the score to like an indie film from 2005 (laughs) um and uh then this guy uh Uh, introduces it. In 2018, Carmen Best was appointed chief of the Seattle Police Department. As the first black woman to hold the post, her ascent was celebrated as a perhaps belated but notable achievement for a department that was under federal supervision for excessive use of force and possible bias. Then, last summer, Best was leading that department through the tense protests that followed the murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police. And her actions during those protests put her at odds with many in the community and some city leaders. A few months later, she That's retired from her post. 
the move she attributed to the city council's stated aims to cut funding to the police department. Okay, so that's why she left, right? The city council uh, was mean to her. Threatened to cut funding. And threatened was mean to her. Yeah. Okay, so this is this is what we're well, getting here. This isn't like we're we're inviting Carmen Best because she's a local luminary who's really at the heart of a lot of like. Uh, you know, tense stuff that went down, and we're gonna have like a real news discussion and learn some things. <laughs> and she's a rad girl boss. Finally, uh, yeah, got a yeah. girl boss. Someone who broke the glass. Yeah, tear gassing children. This is, I mean, so what you're about to hear I, I, is like the essence <laughs> of access journalism, basically, just treating everybody like they're just a well, an, a figure of interest to get information from, not like a villain who should be pilloried. Well, and those know? that uh, pumped maybe, for information, maybe forgot to. Uh, the reason why she quit was because. In cutting the police budget, her pay was going to go from like four hundred fifty thousand a year to like four hundred twenty thousand a year. And that was that, the insult when she says, "That's what." That's literally <laughs> when that happened. She quit. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not hard to put the two and two together. Yeah. There. Uh, again, Croman knows what he's doing here. He this ends up being maybe you know the most serious questions she's ever been asked, and this is a serious one. Uh, let's see where it goes. You told a group of homeless service providers, "Quote." I feel like we're working with a lot of systems that really haven't reached their full potential so that officers end up on the front lines of all of this stuff that we don't need to be on the front lines of. A lot of times we have to be mental health providers or work on drug addiction issues, but that is the state of the city. I just, um, to start, I'm, I'm curious, can you just elaborate on that and what, what you meant by that? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't think it's any secret that officers, there's a lot of discussion around it about officers responding to a lot of calls for service that might not be uh, well within, you know, what we would expect from policing. But often, in my view, uh, it's because we have other, I'm just going to call it failed systems or un, uh, inadequately supported systems might be a better way to put it, uh, where officers are often responding to people in crisis, um, you know, people with, um, you know, homeless and housing issues, people with addiction issues um, can often be at the crux of what we're responding to. And if those other systems that were more um, appropriately um, capable of dealing with those issues were actually engaged and involved and supported fully, and we're working in tandem, I think we'd have a lot better responses. So that's really what I'm looking at, other systems that aren't necessarily uh, fully um, funded or capable or uh, staffed. So remember, she left the police department, according to her, uh, because the city council was intimating they were going to cut the police budget. And Romans just asked her, yeah, what about all this stuff that police have to respond to? You know, like all of our social problems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hilariously, uh, the look, we, we have these failed systems that police have to respond to. Those systems are underfunded and stuff. It's like, who the fuck's eating up the city budget, yeah, motherfucker? Like, you know. Doubled I, in 10 years. Ironically, she is, I mean, you could claim that she's making the exact same argument that people say, you know, the defund no, SPD I mean, people are saying. Right? Saying That's what she's defund, trying to uh, intimate. Yeah, yeah. Invest in community, right? Yeah, which is hilarious. It's like, yeah, we should take that money away from SPD, which is clearly being wasted and give it to. They're uh, doing too much and they shouldn't be doing yeah. all of anything. This. <laughs> anything at all. It's yeah. like breaking rocks in a quarry. <laughs> but like, but yeah, I mean, the funny part is, it's like, OK, so you say that. But then hilariously, you've been on national news now for months you know, specifically like talking shit about defund, you know, defund the police and how that's, you know, bad and the police actually need more money and all this kind of shit, which is the sort of duplicitous nature of a person like Carmen Best. Well, look, he does. He goes on to say, like, well, what about 
you know, um, the defund movement. Yeah. Like, what about cutting some of this from the police budget? And best answer is, well, like, well, well, hang on. Uh, that was this very rash, unthought out thing. Like, yes, what we need to do is develop these other programs, make sure they work and all of our social problems are solved. And then in the future, we can draw down the police budget. It's this whole lie from the beginning on of hers from um, about defund is like, oh, it's this rash thing. They're going to like slash the budget and not have anything in place. And it hasn't been thought out like people haven't been writing about how to do this for 40 fucking years. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Well, it's also a little disingenuous in a city like Seattle and a state like Washington, where it's so hard to raise public revenue because you can't do things like an income tax and you can't do any sort of corporate tax. Basically, you can't tax anybody that has money. Uh, it's a little disingenuous to be like, no, keep our world historically high police budget and also create like, you know, all these huge new departments well, within the city. I mean, look, I don't know. It, honestly, is, these are the words of a fucking lie. Yes. Look, <laughs> but the, maybe, the maybe she was going to make the case for modern monetary theory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, do you have the clip where she says money machine go burn? Yeah. <laughs> At the time, what, what, the defund demands here in Seattle were... Uh, uh, defund, release, reinvest, yeah, right? Yeah. Like reinvest. It's part. The plan has always been you build in the same year that you do these things. But of course, Carmen Best would say, well, we don't know, you know, these social workers you're planning to send out there, we don't know if they'll have proven results. It's like, we know the proven results of the yeah, cops police, again. Yeah. Which, yeah. This is just all fraudulent. It's all, bullshit. All of it assumes that the police record is good, which she hilariously in the beginning admits is she bad. She says it's like directly yeah. bad. Right. It's bad. So yeah. it's like, it should not actually So what be she bad. wants <laughs> is to keep the budget the same while uh, cops do less and less, which I, I guess I, I, I kind of like, want to get paid for, to do nothing. I mean, so that, that is, is uh, pretty that's relatable. socialism, yeah. really, right? You well, know, I, like, I think it would be better for my health if instead of getting punched in the balls repeatedly, I was given a <laughs> neck rub. But the thing is, I got to do both simultaneously for a while <laughs> and then draw down the ball punchings because, you know. Gradually uh, wind it down. Yeah, who knows what could so happen some flicks. if they just stopped. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um. This is an interesting tidbit where um, she explains um, part of the funding problems. Well, I think that they should look at everything and all what we're expecting people to do and how we're expecting to, to respond to calls for service. I will say this, police budgets have gone up, and I've talked from my own uh, perspective, and a lot of those are uh, unfunded mandates for things that, you know, officers needed, they wanted officers to do extra training and extra equipment, whether that is body-worn cameras or in-car videos or, uh, you know, uh, some, some other uh, additional um know equipment that officers can use to make themselves or the public safer so maybe this is like a low blow but like Croman has asked her well like yeah what about uh, police budgets going up so much and she's like yeah well some of that funding was unfunded mandates and yeah, which, no, she, no, she which said, is a phrase our, our she knows budget, our budget has increased because of unfunded mandates it's like <laughs> motherfucker if the budget went up the mandate was funded yeah. that's a like, funded mandate you idiot again, what are you complaining about she's trying to complain about something going oh, like I know this burden of our funding going up. Someone who's never worked in any other city department, right? <laughs> or any other part of government yeah. is going like, I need to find a way to sound sympathetic and like I'm complaining about something here. Um, and it's that our budget keeps going up and because there's more and more we're paying for. Yeah, fuck off. Talking about those trainings too. Like, I mean, like they like take trips down to like Israel to like fuck. you know get trained by the yep. IDF and shit. Like that's like no, those guys are, are, are right? famously cool. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like their their whole like 
training and like what they spend their money on is just like absolutely ridiculous too. Yeah, so people are pointing out too that like settlers in Israel this past two weeks have like they've had Blue Lives Matter flags and shit, which is this amazing thing of this amazing dichotomy where the Palestinians have Black Lives Matter flags mm-hmm. and the the settlers and the IDF have fucking Blue Lives Matter flags. Just just to make abundantly clear Straight what this, this all really is, but. Um, yeah, I mean, again, any real fucking reporter interviewing somebody who saw their job as a journalist was to have, I don't know, the remotest bit of adversity to like politicians and people in power might have been like, well, how does that make sense that your budget went up because of unfunded <laughs> mandates? Those are literally contradictory fucking statements. Yeah. Like, if your budget went up, the mu- the mandate was funded. Well, look, this, you know, this like, is you're a- either an idiot who doesn't know what you're saying, <laughs> or you're fucking lying. So, which is. You're it? just so used to lying and yeah. telling, talking bullshit and having no pushback from like, the likes but, of King Five or something. Yeah, and that is exactly what's happening here. And that's, I mean, when we say, like, I'm not going to say that. Tonight, Carbon, Carbon, unfunded <laughs> mandates mean something new. Yeah, and Carmen <laughs> Bassett probably is not like a fucking genius but i don't think she's as stupid as she comes off in these things it's just she knows there's literally never gonna be pushback like like she can say whatever and it'll just it'll never be fucking taken seriously like no nobody will ever like question her on it you just lie out of her fucking through her teeth i mean we we pointed out again and again the video where she literally walks into frame of the video and then makes jenny dirk and say oh no she's actually not here and it's like we literally just saw and that was (laughs) croman right yes it was like asking the question wait i have another question for For carmen best Carmen Vest has left the building. Yeah, he's like, we until, literally just saw her. Until Jenny Durkin says something that co- yeah. dares to contradict Carmen Vest, yeah. in which then Carmen, Carmen just literally like sho- appears. But, well, in a, but in a world where something like, like that could, her out of the podium. Yeah. yeah, in a world where something like that could happen during what is actually in city politics a major press conference, uh, and nobody in the entire media of Seattle, except for this fucking show, makes any comment about it. I think our Erica Barnett it, did. but Yeah, but I mean, this is the point of like, there is no pushback. So you can just say whatever you want. You know, yeah. I mean, like, Carmen Best could literally just... It's so cavalier yeah. all the yeah. time. Like, yeah. you know, they know it. Yeah. 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 Everyone's on the same team, ultimately. Yeah. yeah. Especially Triple K. I mean, I don't want to defend the interview, but I think he does try to give her enough rope to do herself in. And yeah, she, yeah, sure. ends, she ends up doing that because he's yeah. ha- he's hosting this ridiculous thing. He can't yeah. really go right, no, after absolutely. her. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of fucked, too. But I, I personally think he did a decent job of just showing how full of shit she is. Look, I, I, if you I, listen I to the whole thing and you really listen to it, then you yes. hear that. But mm-hmm. no, look, I look, it is true. And she jokes about this. At one point, she's like, yeah, that's, a, that's such a you're asking all these very loaded questions like you're a trained journalist, <laughs> uh, heavy questions like you're a real journalist. And it's like, yes. And again, like I respect a lot of the work Croman does. And like, again, in the context of this absurd obscenity right. of having this like sit down forum where we are going to like, <laughs> like a fucking, uh, yeah. fucking war enrich criminal. ourselves oh with a fucking criminal panel. War criminal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and in his position as an American journalist of like, well, you give them enough rope to hang themselves. You try to get more and more words on the record as best you can. And. You uh, wait for the smoking gu- a real smoking gun before you can mm-hmm. really fucking be an asshole to somebody. Um, and by that stand, by those uh, obscene and totally useless standards, like Croman, yeah, is doing a good job. And that's, I think, the, the point of all this is like our whole fucking, the idea of journalism that exists in this country and certainly the city is 
absolutely decrepit and and uh, flaccid and yeah. useless. Well, I, I think you know again, you know, not to draw like too absurd a comparison, which I don't, actually don't think it's too absurd, but like. It's the same way that the U.S. media covers like the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Well, they'll have these Israeli hardliners, you know, Zionist hardliners on fucking, you know, major cable news networks, and they'll just sort of let them go. And it's like these are not yeah. normal people. I'm sorry, you don't. They don't get the right to just like say their piece and just you right. know uh, in a yeah, friendly right. forum. It's like these people engage in like active crimes against humanity. We, like we, these are we report, you decide. Yeah, because the expect the and we're exposing them by letting them just have a fr- platform for like 34 million. Yeah, like, u- viewers. And right? that, that doesn't ultimately <laughs> yeah. make any fucking sense because. Those 30 million fucking viewers are not journalists. Yes. They don't spend all day doing this. Yeah. They don't have the context yeah. that you have. And at the end, by just letting people do this, you it seems like you're normalizing yeah. it. If you yeah, don't push right. back. You're actually yeah. giving them a platform to actually convince people. Well, well and especially when you're. Or just to convince people that it's fine. Yeah, that it, it, like, that's to not, okay. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Not think about well, it. Because if it was a big deal, somebody would intervene. Yes. And nobody right. intervened. That is, Therefore, it must it, not be a big deal. That is how like, people see the fucking well, world. That is why people think the cops could, must be good in this yeah. country. Could you? Because if they were really out here murdering some people, people would do something. And the disconnect comes with when you go like, yeah, people, they got out in the street and you were mad about it. And well, it's like, well, like, could you imagine like Hannah Arendt going to Eichmann's trial and being like, well, here's 45 minutes of Eichmann's point of view. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say anything. Like, <laughs> let's just let's just give him some rope and see what he does with it. And it's like, no, he's she, not a she normal pulled person. The quotes. You don't do that. Don't I'm do sorry. That. She, like, she yeah. pulled the quotes yeah. and then wrote fucking pages of, <laughs> like of why them, he's a which monster. Is what we're doing here. Monstrous. Pull the quotes. Yeah. Pick it apart. And it could, I mean, th- nobody in the media would give, you know, this same leeway to like a fucking like, like nobody is going to find the Green River killer and basically be like, <laughs> well, you know, let me throw some softballs at yeah. you and you just, just let them talk. Yeah. You let me tell you how the pro- <laughs> you tell us about the process. Yeah. Really no one is giving you know, this like, kind of softball shit to Shama Swant in this yeah, town. Yeah. yeah, no shit. Right. Well, I only brought that up yeah, to yeah. say that it's a spectrum because imagine yeah. someone like oh, Ross yeah. Reynolds doing no, this interview. Abs- oh, it wouldn't be agree. anything like this oh, at no, all. It'd be nos- oh, it'd be- it would be horrific, like truly horrific. Well, I think yeah. we, we go back to the interviews with um, Eli, like, Eli Sanders. You kill the yeah, exactly. Like they were bad to you. Well, he, Eli Sanders well, interviewing um, Ed Murray right. and doing the whole thing about like, uh, you no, know. Eli Sanders would be doing this. He'd be like, so Carmen. How many ways do you think we can come up with to compare the protesters <laughs> to the third Reich? Yeah, basically, like, you know, and I you mean, think they're also anti-Semitic? <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think Colin's point is sort of is, is important, and I think it's kind of why we wanted to kind of bring up this Croman interview, anyways. Is that we don't think we're he's based. A, we were based, but we don't think he's a bad reporter, and we're saying even with a good reporter, this is what you get. Yeah, because his hands are, his hands are tied. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. yeah. I mean, look, Croman's smart enough to realize that because he might think that Carmen Best is a piece of yeah. shit, but he fucking knows. I don't know, know that, but it's possible. But he could. Who fucking knows, right? But the thing is, he knows enough to know that if he were to say that, he'd be yeah. fucking fired. Which yeah. again has a weird parallel so to the Israeli-Palestinian yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, Shout out know. to the AP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And so fuckers. Everybody knows there's a fucking limit to who you're allowed to criticize and what you're allowed to say yeah, and right. police that's one of those things that you're not really as a reporter or whatever you're not really allowed to criticize them yeah. or that becomes you know? your 
that's that's how you're branded, and that you know. Yeah, maybe, well, you'll just never work. Yeah, yeah and then you, you know? get blacklisted you from blog, the industry, and that's your whole reputation, and you're yeah. just known as like the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you start a, you start a Substack or something. Yeah, yeah the podcast exactly. lifestyle is not for everybody. Yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's with all four of us in this boat living together. It gets it gets real, guys. <laughs> um, listen, throughout the interview, because Chroman pushes. Because he tries to make connections between like what her like pablum and like what were actually like say the demands of uh, Black Lives Matter and defund, I, I think ultimately allows her to paint herself as like sympathetic to all these things. But like you know, she wants to push back a little and say like, well, you know, it's not all about the police. So as much as we uh, have made some uh, progress on the accountability scale, we still need to deal with some of these other uh, pervasive issues and underlying issues. And a lot of it is based on, you know, race and racism, you know, and, uh, and people are trying to fix that often, you know, working through the police departments because they're very visible. Mm, but, you know, I always go back to, to me. you, uh, you know, we need to fix that on a whole lot of other levels as well. If you think you can make a police department that's going, that just doesn't have those issues uh, while the rest of your society does. I don't think uh, we can make almost, a police department that doesn't have those issues, actually. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I think we agree with her that you, uh, in this society, you literally cannot have a good police department. <laughs> yeah. So we should get rid of them. Another strike for abolition. <laughs> So, but you know, uh, the cops, like, yeah, they're, they're very, their racism is very visible, but like, you <laughs> know, it's it really just a murder. reflection of society. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I mean, you thanks. know, uh, you know, look, there's a lot of racist outcomes in healthcare too. Like say when a cop, uh, strangles somebody to death, the hospital rarely brings them back to life and that's not fair. Yeah. That's fucked up. It's fucked up, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> Seattle is such a wonderful city. Some <laughs> have said it rocks. <laughs> exactly. In that this is the kind of shit you get from your police department. You know, like you, <laughs> Look, our whole society is pretty messed up. Stop picking on us. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You criticize us for being racist just because everything we do is incredibly racist. Uh, have you considered the fact that you're the true racist? Yeah. <laughs> the real racist is society. <laughs> She's woke Joker, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Dude. I, you know, it, it's astonishing. I mean, she uh, comes dangerously close to having a structural critique here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all, but all in service of deflecting and excusing yeah. policing in America, right? Like, only, yes, only like, look, yeah. it's just incredible. It rocks. Because, um, like, I mean, like, and this is the thing, too, is like every, it's like a reflection, like, kind of going back on what you're saying, Brian. It's like, this weird ass city where like every everything is progressive everything like even like the most reactionary fucking like mm -hmm. chud freaks like frame these things in a progressive way and, and believe that they are like the progressives <laughs> of the city and are doing it out of like you know their altruistic needs but it's like so cynical and so disingenuous to the point where like <laughs> it, you just like 
say that shit. Like, I mean, even like the anti-Salon people are mm-hmm. like saying, "Oh, this is a led by progressives and socialists." Yeah, yeah. Against Salon, <laughs> we're the like, one true socialist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, the so. national socialists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The biggest socialist of them all, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> that's really their strategy. They're gonna fucking lose. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but it's, I mean, it's really astonishing. I mean, it just goes to show that words mean nothing to these people. Yeah. They'll just say whatever. And I think it's just the importance of having, uh, just like uh, Carmen Best, having a structural critique right, <laughs> of capitalism, uh, which, you know, in the intro, they did mention that people applauded her when they announced her as police chief and fucking people in the city did, including a lot of people yes. who fucking should have known better. Yes. And Disappointing and, moment. Yeah. And people should be fucking embarrassed by that. But more importantly, they should uh, treat it as a teachable moment. Right. Which is yeah. uh, you need to have an actual structural critique and that there is no individual solution yep. to the structural problem of police. Well, right? didn't, was it Crosscut and the Times that had pieces about how Seattle ate up these high profile women like the Seattle superintendent oh. and best and oh, yeah. Jenny Durkin? Yeah. Shoot them up and spit yeah. them out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, luckily they did nothing to deserve <laughs> right. their exactly. uh, fates. I mean, just, no, it's just another casualty of, you know, look, hey, women, it's all true. leadership roles. Well, right? what, it shows, yeah. what it shows how a lot of these organizations are perfectly happy to use this sort of language against presumably the people it was created to help, yeah. right? right. Uh, I, you know, we can remember back to the, uh, I don't want to, but you can't remember back the 2016 campaign and Hillary Clinton like you know like look this is just and the world's just too sexist they wouldn't elect uh, Hillary Clinton because they hate women it's like no they fucking hate Hillary Clinton (laughs) but it's a way to avoid any accountability while at the same time claiming actually uh, again actually we're the woke ones look it's again like the the structural critique of racism like Mm -hmm. it's not wrong like it does this you know these these women, these powerful women did get chewed up and spit out and damaged and dirtied by the systems they serve. Uh, no profiles in courage here. Again, like they, at any point, uh, the best Durkin could have said what was really going on and explained it to people how diseased it was. But they chose to up to cover for it and yeah. play their yeah. part. Okay, so oh, yeah. well, it is worth pointing out that like um, the egregiousness, which we've covered over and over again, of what happened last summer. Yeah, nobody, nobody was surviving. Well, so no the egregiousness last summer, <laughs> you know, of like, course, was yeah. prompted by you know, mm-hmm. uh, as Croman brings up by the murder of George Floyd. Now we're going to skip the part where he brings up Charlena Lyles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kidding. That didn't. <laughs> <laughs> or any. Nor yeah. was there any reference to any murder by SPD. Yeah, yeah. And every time the protests got brought up, Best continually brings it back to George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, Croman uh, gets in a hard-hitting question about uh, the Chauvin trial. And as long as we were talking about um, George Floyd and Derek Chauvin, um, you know, one of the things that people pointed to that. Um, secured the guilty verdict for Derek Chauvin was his own chief testifying against him. Um, if you were in that situation, would you have testified against George Floyd if you were his chief? Or I mean, <laughs> I against Derek Chauvin, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah definitely. I definitely, I think I would. I think I would. <laughs> a lot of well, I think that we can rest assured that definitely she thinks maybe she would, possibly. This is Trump, like, thinking he could stop the school shooter, yeah. basically. <laughs> that, that's so true. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> no, but, like, as if it needed to be any clearer that that whole exercise was a way to, like, sanctify 
Derek Chauvin as the great scapegoat of American policing <laughs> and allow every cop in America, every chief to bathe in his fucking blood and wash themselves clean. Because not only did that chief get to go up on the stand and go, oh, I, I was just, oh, I can't believe this happened. But, I can't believe that doing that thing that we all do, we killed somebody. Yeah. Again. And that's what all of us have done. Yeah. And Carmen yeah. Best and every other chief yeah. in America gets to say, I would have, yeah, I also would have testified. Yeah. And of course, yes, I mean, give, they would. It's all true, yeah. okay? Yeah, but, yeah. Like, but like, yeah, not for the for, for the reasons that are like yeah. trying to be implied, right? right. But, yeah. Even the political situation where you yeah. are told from on high, you have to go you and testify and laid out for you. To save the I, system I, or I else it will be fucking like, yeah. yeah. Again, I mean, a better a sacrifice. A better interviewer would have been like, well, uh, there's been a lot of misdeeds amongst SPD where you have not stepped in in any way. In fact, you have uh, you know gotten in the way of the process charlena lyles right i mean fuck the four people they killed last look, year er, like you know yeah earlier in the interview or you know how he, this Groman brings up the the consent decree in the reform process and yeah. like she starts talking about fucking how it's great we have the uh opa, OPA and the yeah. ombudsman and how like you know <laughs> crucial that is and it's like you, like we just saw Diaz overturn uh, mm. stuff from these protests of, that the OPA recommended discipline for officers, and yep. she's done the same thing in the past. Uh, but she said sometimes she she did agree with the OPA. Sometimes a blue oh, could not be back. Says you know sometimes she actually brought too was much harsher. shame. Exactly. He, yeah. he should have asked for receipts on that one. Yeah. But, uh, not that I can remember from the <laughs> yeah, like, OPA. Right. But, but the could, as a journalist, you could like have it ready and go right. well, like well these are the statistics. This you know this many times um, you uh, overturned and overturned it or gave yeah. a more lax punishment than the OPA recommended. Or know? how about being like, hey, remember there's that viral photo of an SPD officer at the George Floyd protest kneeling on somebody's neck exactly yeah. as Derek Chauvin was? What'd you do with him? Yeah. You know, you were in charge. You said that you don't approve of this. He was literally doing the exact it, fucking like, thing. And people had to led, intervene. Yeah. To, like, led push to George Floyd's death. Yeah. yeah. And like, so what'd you do with that guy? Oh, nothing. Okay. So <laughs> that's what so. we actually are. You know, I mean, it is ironic too, after hearing the interview, the Harry Potter interview with what you had said earlier in our discussion, Brian, where at any moment she could have said, here are the commanders that went rogue mm-hmm. yep, and right. they're bad cops and it's their fault. And she has, bad she has not done that. And she's mm-hmm. continued to go out and basically cape for them and cover for them. So yeah, it's hard to believe she would testify against anybody without it being sort of ceremonial, like you had mm-hmm. touched on Greg. Well, I mean, it's interesting. Like if you read, Du Bois's Black Reconstruction, he kind of is like mystified and with some humor talks about there's all these moments in the initial years of Reconstruction where the Southern planners could have kept everything. Mm. Like all they had to do was just play ball a little bit with a president who desperately wanted to give them the plantation <laughs> back. But they were such quite possibly like the worst president in American history, yeah, right? Yeah, like in part of like Du Bois' argument about Reconstruction is like all oh, these guys were just such fucking assholes <laughs> that they made apparent to everybody, you know, that they had had to be brutally repressed and like you know and then most of the north that's why most of the north wanted them all fucking executed which they should have fucking done but the thing is like 
the exact same thing could be said about SPD. It's like the smart <laughs> they, they move. They should all be executed. <laughs> yeah, but all, everything, <laughs> everything, Greg. No, but the, but like the smart move would have been to throw some people because it was obvious to everybody if you had half a brain that what happened over the summer was egregious. It was like that there was going to be hell to pay for it. That it was going to like make defund more popular and all this kind of stuff. In the smart move, of course, is to get ahead of it and like throw some people under the bus, claim that you're changing, whatever, right? It, but they they can't. They I mean, this is the constraints, right? This is what we talk about, like right. political constraints, constraints of the imagination. They just can't fucking do it. Yeah, you know. Okay, so moving on, kind of related. You know, you're talking about like the the guy kneeling on the protester, like Herman Best. Uh, one question about the protests last summer and what was going on, you know, explains that you no know, stuff's changing. You know, like. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's a fluid. It's a dialogue between uh, a dialogue. society and <laughs> we're joining the conversation. Yeah, the, cab, the cops. The cops and, like, you bring know, a some chair things. out and sit in it. <laughs> backwards. Outside your work. Yeah. <laughs> the cops are getting called in. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Listen to this. Going forward, should police departments be allowed to use tear gas at protests? I would say there may be a circumstance where it could be allowed, but generally speaking, no. You know, generally speaking, we shouldn't be. And also, you know, I would say this: if if the community doesn't want it or can't, you know, just says no to it or can't handle it, operate within that. (laughs) That said, um, there does need to be some sort of. you know, less lethal opportunity to disperse large crowds. Go on streets like we want pepper spray. <laughs> so she says she does go on to say like, um, you know, maybe what was okay in you know, you know, nineteen eighty one or nineteen ninety one, like isn't you know just isn't okay in twenty twenty one. Gotta adapt with the times. Yeah. What was okay in the summer of two thousand twenty? It's just not okay. And uh, this on this day of yeah. this interview, to- totally baffling <laughs> nonsense. Um, but she follows it up with this. And and you alluded to some self reflection. Um, can you say more about that? Was was the Seattle Police Department's use of tear gas proper last year? Well, it was proper, in my view, in, in that we tried to... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Tear gas, you know, no, it's not good. No, we shouldn't we use it. it. We're animal style. <laughs> uh, continuing here. Now, in the past, you know, we'd used tear gas. We'd used tear gas before. Um, and people weren't thrilled about it, but it was still permissible to use as a um, crowd dispersal uh, irritant. Uh, and so... Uh, it wasn't banned at the time. It wasn't illegal to use. It was. Uh, except when the city council did ban it. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the SPD continued to use it. use it. Now, as we speculated at the time, you know, they did this. The they, this council banned the use of tear gas uh, and pepper spray and shit. Um, and some of those council members went down, stood in front of that line. Carmen Best was on the other side of those barricades, uh, standing there with. Uh, police, I suspect trying to, standing there, trying to, by being there, exercise some authority to keep them from gassing the council, and you know what happened? (laughs) It didn't fucking matter. They just gassed them anyway, and it was illegal, you rotten, rotten piece of shit. (laughs) But not to beat like a dead horse, but again, a better interviewer might have been like, so why did you then keep tear gassing people after (laughs) it was explicitly told that you're not to do that, right? And 
a good reporter might even add, why was the only thing that stopped you from tear gassing the people? The fact that you used so much tear gas, you, you actually ran, ran out, out ran of tear out. gas <laughs> and then had to buy it from the Linwood and, you know, uh, uh, Bellevue police departments. You know, like you literally used so much tear gas. You ran out of the massive stores of tear gas the city keeps and had to purchase it from other police departments. You know, yeah. I mean, incredible. Just just but, add so fucking fraudulent. Yeah. I, well, I, she was standing there, just like standing yeah. on the line, physically there for most of it. Yeah, when and when they gassed the city council, mm-hmm. um, and I believe she was, pro- you know, on some level had official was probably officially ordering them. You know, we're not going to use this. We're going to do this. You know, but either again, no profile and courage here. Yeah, whatever the case, whatever, however much she was hoping they wouldn't do it, or was had covered her ass by telling them not to, knowing they would do it anyway. I don't care. I mean, she can work that out in hell. Yeah. The first uh, night that they had the National Guard there in full sort of uh, regalia or whatever, and they took the whole intersection, if you guys remember, and they were firing the tear gas canisters into the crowd and actually, like, killed somebody. Right. It was brought back to life by medics. Three times, right? Yeah, as tear gas was being fired into their tent. Uh, She was there that night. She was there on the block that night. I mean, you know, again, this is one of those things of, you know, she is not an unaccountable bureaucrat in some tall tower. I mean, she was on the ground for most of this, you know, uh, the city council. I mean, given her, you know, uh, that she, like every other idiot chud in here, thinks that the city council is basically like fucking the cultural revolution or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it's just as likely that she ordered them to fucking tear gas the city council. Yeah. Again, one of the things that it's like if you were thinking about it from like a rational distant perspective you'd be like well that's fucking stupid you shouldn't do that like that's a bad idea but the problem is that's not how any of these people think okay so he's asking her about um you know defund and what that would mean why she was against it why it convinced her to leave etc the whole issue of all the work we had done to bring additional diversity to the organization you know hiring more officers of color hiring more women and so those would be the first people as i mentioned before to to um, get you know laid off if we were to defund the department by 50 percent and so i look i'm the very first african-american woman chief in seattle and my legacy could not and would not be that we let go of the most you know of all of our diversity under this defund movement and we ended up being less diverse under um, my um, time and then more diverse. This is one of her many lies from the period why we couldn't defund the police because it would mean all the recent diversity hires they'd made would be the first to be laid off like set in stone not Mm -hmm. uh, you know forgetting the fact that yeah defunding uh, a police department by 50% would mean uh rewriting a lot of rules would be a major political effort would not forget you know completely obfuscating the obvious fact that people wanting to defund the police want to get rid of all the worst cops who you refuse to fire just so obviously fraudulent right we know this is completely fraudulent bullshit um but listen to this do you think that was um a decision was a little premature in retrospect now because you know there weren't we haven't seen any layoffs Uh, talking about her leaving our officers leaving of their own accord um yeah, well, a lot of that been, do you think maybe your exit, um, you know, sort of gave people the idea that they could that they could leave and maybe if you'd stuck around, you could have um, helped people stick around? I, you know, listen, I wanted to stick around. But as you know, the conversation was was never that they weren't going to do this. So I fully expect the council it, defunding um, based on, you know, that no, the council didn't follow through to their word on that. But I did expect them to and to actually lay people off. They were telling me at that time they didn't <laughs> even lay people off out of order. 
Did you fucking catch that? Yeah. <laughs> they were telling me at the time they would even lay people off out of order. God damn it. Yeah. Meaning not uh, uh, so first, mean, thing first I, in, I, first I out. Said, yeah. This mean the thing I just said previously actually would be the bad part at all. Is not true. Yeah. And the other way to fix that is actually the bad part that I'm mad about. She, I mean, she can't keep her fucking story straight because it's, yeah. so, it's so it's such fuck, so fucking fraudulent from start to finish. Yeah. And also, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh Somehow policing is the only thing in America where, like, union contracts are iron and not breakable. Like, every union job I've ever had, people get fucking fired out of order. People get laid off out of order. Of course. There's always excuses for doing this kind of shit. But somehow, you know, again... It's just amazing how the police department suddenly becomes woke once it comes time to cut their budget. All of a sudden, they become union fucking hawks the second it comes time to cut their budget. And it's like, look, Carmen Best, what you could have done is gone through and found all the worst offenders, the people with the most fucking complaints against them and fired all of them. Probably getting paid out the ass, too. Yeah, they're all probably, they're all probably your highest paid yeah. guys, too, right? And, like, fired all of them. Also, you know, the other part of this that, yeah, we should say on this podcast is uh, all cops are bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't give a fuck. Get rid of yeah. Get, get rid of all of them. Who cares? As as Who gives a shit? Get rid of them. Literally. <laughs> yeah. It's a trap to even engage. Yeah. In this argument of diversified yeah. police. Force. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> who killed Freddie Gray. <laughs> you know, like you know, like it's one of those things that like people who haven't grown up on the border don't know, but like fucking like 60% of the border patrol is Latino dude they all speak Spanish and they fucking shoot people all the time it doesn't fucking matter a cop is a cop yep yeah all right yeah that's the one thing cops are right about the second they put the uniform on they are fucking blue yeah yeah okay uh any last thoughts we don't want to hear any more of this it is funny she underestimated the uh the council's inability to act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she <laughs> thought, she, them thought she was cooked. And, yeah, uh, yeah, she forgot that the council are pussies. Yeah. <laughs> she well, I remember after they got gassed that they were tweeting, like, we're going to recall Durkin. It, we're voting, like, on Monday, we're recalling. <laughs> and, and they None of that shit up. happened. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was... It, it, when they gassed the council, the council literally did nothing about it. Like, I think Durkin got the message that she could just do whatever she wants, but I best really should have realized that too. Like, there there are no consequences in yeah. this world. You can just do whatever you want. Just tell them well, to fuck themselves. I think best left because this was bad. This was all very bad. I think mm -hmm. she was ordering a police department to do things that were being ordered by the fucking mayor, and they weren't listening to her. I think she was epically phenomenally failing at her job in an extreme way in what was a nationally like important mm -hmm. event and she got at the first second she had a plausible excuse she could give to fucking Cairo like oh, they cut my pay they're disrespecting mm -hmm. me they're oh that they're doing they're actually mm -hmm. starting to act on this defund bullshit at the city I'm out for my dignity and the dignity of my department but she knew she was fucking up extremely bad and uh, needed to get out of there to well, stop because she was going to keep doing more uh, awful prosecutable malfeasance and mm -hmm. because by getting out the heat's off and like the heat's off no one's going to give a shit anymore you know well, I mean, as a, you know, unlike Durkin, a youngish, newly single 
lady on the market. Uh, she made the right choice. I'm sure she's making a lot more money as a consultant for, you know, Axon and a consultant for fucking, uh, you know, Blackwater or whatever the fuck she's doing, you know, at her yeah. weird consultancy firms. And international talking head and mercenary. On, yeah, on MSNBC. Uh, I think she's the MSNBC Why stick around, you know, like at the fucking crime scene? Just like get out and get paid. Yeah, she's doing even less work than she did as a cop and probably getting paid three times as much. I mean, she cashed in. SPD's, she had the clearest seat of anyone that SPD is a complete horror show and a disaster. She could not order them to do anything. So, fuck, get out and get paid. Like, well, and the thing is, it's like, you know, Capitol Police and D.C. are on the verge of getting like the largest raise in a police yeah, budget raised. ever considered. Really awesome. The head of Capitol Police immediately <laughs> after the fucking riot in January probably could have done the same thing Best did and just quit and immediately become like a talking head on any news like, network. Yeah, Made just, fucking three million dollars a year. Yep, just he's too stupid. He's around. not. He probably wasn't ever a PR guy. Yeah. Best. I mean, she made the right. She made the smart move, which is when she uh, had her get, national yeah, platform. When she yep. was getting interviews nationally, she quit in disgrace. And who? What do people like in this country better than someone who tells like their employer to go fuck themselves? Yeah, you know? she basically the big wave came in. She got on her board and rode. Man. And she's got, <laughs> in she's a way, off to she's a genius. Just like uh, Bodie and fucking yeah. Point Break, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> riding out the sunset. All right. Um. Okay, I think that's that's going to conclude Cop Talk for this week. Uh, we had some things we wanted to promote. Brian and the Freaks have built a compendium of Gates' malfeasance and misanthropy called A Song of Philanthropy and Pedophilia. A seven-part. A seven-part epic, <laughs> exactly. Covering all our greatest hits. Only, yeah. only, only the first part is released, right? Yes. The, so the first part, um, No Tax for the Wicked, is available right now. And later this week, the Bill Gates Buying ga- Guide, the second part, will be released. So be on so the lookout for that. These are from previous old episodes of the show, of old yeah. Seattle Sucks episodes, where we've talked about Bill Gates' clips picked. Yeah. Uh, especially for you, if you're a new listener... Go back and listen. If you remember, you know, if you just want to reminisce about the the old days uh, when Bill, the rest of the world was sleeping on what a monster Bill Gates is, uh, and we Not were obsessed. Us, baby. Um, Not us on the boat. Mm-mm. You know, look, uh, you know, Chapo has finally done a Bill Gates episode. True and on did a Bill Gates episode. Michael and us finally did a Bill Gates episode. Guys, if you're listening to us, you know we're all Bill Gates episodes <laughs> all the time, <laughs> going back yeah. years. So. Yeah, get on the train, learn all so the horrible things. Th- this first drop, it's on the feed. You, yeah, you, it's free. Maybe you've already listened to it, um, but if you skipped over it, it's just like 25 minutes long, and it's from it's clips from two different episodes. Uh, it's the meat, the juice, the real yeah. uh, good part it's of the squeeze. Shit. It's just about, the pure gates. Yes, the yeah. real... Uh, uh, no pulp shit in those ones. And this, yeah. and the, this like series kind of reminds me of um, what Norman Finkelstein did on the uh, Holocaust <laughs> industry, which is like a great oh. book. I highly recommend, especially if you want to learn more about um, Palestine. And um, but 
he updates this book constantly and like adds new chapters just to say that. And I was right about this. <laughs> I was right about this, too. Hell yeah. And you, guys thought, yeah you guys thought I was wrong about this, but actually I was right. <laughs> He's laughing now. It's like literally like sixth edition, and it's like just like a whole bunch of like, yep, I was right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and that's literally what we're doing with this. <laughs> <laughs> because we got we got to fucking flex. Yeah, we were out ahead. Oh, we're what flexing. about the good billionaire? What yep. about Bill Gates? Doesn't exist. Yep. Nope. Does not exist. Uh, I, I mean, you know. Uh, I, I bet we could find some gravestones that say otherwise. <laughs> yeah, the good billionaire is where he's always been, in your head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we have one newish patron to thank. Thank you, Jason Amon, for <laughs> you little re- <laughs> returning to the fold. I told him, buddy. I pretended I, did, I, pretended I didn't oh. know that he had canceled his subscription Very nice. when I... I sent him a little text telling him about the Star Trek episode on the Patreon, just like I was reminding him. I <laughs> got you, motherfucker. <laughs> we see yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. Eyes in the sky, bird's eye view. Um, and can I have one more thing? You know, we talked a lot about Israel-Palestine in this episode again. You know, came up a couple of times. We'll put another link to the Islamic Relief Fund for Palestine yeah, uh, in the show notes. And make sure that you give what you can. Uh, again, I mean... For a bunch of idiots on a boat, I, I don't know that we're really going to get too deep into any of this stuff, but, uh, you know, donate. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Palestine will be free. Yep. Yeah. Within our lifetimes. Yes. Yes. Hopefully. Uh, and then I had one more thing I wanted to say, which is uh, some friends of mine, I'm just going to refer to them as Garbanzo, had a baby boy this morning at 3 a.m. Oh, my God. So welcome to the Yay. world, Garbanzo Bean. <laughs> Can't wait to meet you. The true small bean. There yeah. you go. All as right. long as there are children, there is hope. Exactly. Yeah. Take that, stats. Declining <laughs> birth rates. That's, also, right that's also owning Bill Gates, too. Yeah, yep. it is. Yeah. Every time you have a child, you own Bill Gates. Yeah. Take so. that, buddy. <laughs> All you guys out there afraid to have kids just keep that in mind all right so uh yeah tune in this week for the patreon and be like jason if you're not yet and sign up so you can listen to it and we'll catch you later Bye. Bye. bye bye